Daft About Craft, the craft beer podcast. We love passion on Daft About Craft, and we're always talking about how passionate we are and how passionate other people in the industry are. And I reckon we've got somebody on now who has demonstrated more than most people just how passionate he is, because here we've got Anthony Barrett from Twisted Wheel, uh, who, of course, went out of business a little while ago, but they're back with Anthony at the helm. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm not so bad, gents. You? We're good and very happy to have you on to tell your story. Are you a madman or is it passion? Uh, I think it's a combination of both, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> to do what you're doing in the current climate, is it's brave. I've been in situations before where I've had successes, etc., and walked away from them for various different reasons. I couldn't do it with Twisted Wheel. I couldn't bring myself to do it. The opportunity was there. So I took it, and whatever happens, happens. Just for people who aren't aware, although I would imagine a lot of people who are listening to this will be, but just sort of, so what happened in the last few months then with Twisted Wheel, and and how have we got to this situation then? What's been going on? Well, we were packaging one day, and two blokes from HMRC walked in and put a load of tape all over the stock and said, yeah, you're not allowed to sell anything. We then got called up into the office where we were told as of Thursday the week after we had no job. This was uh, the 9th of December. Personally, I thought, right, okay, I'll leave it till after Christmas, tech stock, try and find another job. I managed to get the IPs, the insolvency practitioners details. So I contacted them just to see what was going to happen with the company, etc. And... The opportunity came up to buy the name and a few of the assets. So I um, have a couple of friends that basically said, if you want to go for it, we'll back you. And that's what happened. Literally, you were just another day at work, packing packing beers, away we go, and then everything changed. It was a bolt from the blue. You weren't expecting anything. I I had my suspicions. I did have my suspicions. But to be honest, we were very busy in December. And... I thought it was going to be coming into January, February, and that's what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting December because we were doing really well. I thought January is going to hit when it's, it is traditionally the worst month of the year, and that's where we're not going to be able to continue, and that's where we'll get told, by the way, you haven't got a job. Right, okay. The first iteration, obviously, of, of Twisted Wheel, how long had that been going they started it in November 2019. Mm-hmm. They bought a kit that was Windmill Brewery, it was called, and they inherited the brewer from the brewery previously. They started brewing very traditional cast beer, weren't very happy with the product, so they put an advert out for a brewer. I rang them and uh, it went from there and I actually start well I got offered the job the week before lockdown um, right. you've not had a lot then, of luck have you it's got to be said <laughs> no I actually started the week after lockdown started because I just said right let's do this let's get in the small pack try and make a name for ourselves and then when the pubs reopen hopefully people are walking and say oh I had this beard during lockdown, you need to get it. So just to clarify a point, when HMRC came knocking, were they owed money? Uh, just a bit. It's all in black and white on company's house if anyone wants to look. Got you. So it's you and just you alone now. 
how was your relationship with the other guys who were there, whose company it was? Um, the management, there is no longer a relationship. Right. So as for other people who worked there, would you look to be getting them back on board with you, people who's, who you trust? I would love to. I don't want to put them in the position where they're going to end up the same. I've taken it on myself. It's a risk I am willing to take. But given the current climate, I can't honestly say hand on heart that in six months I can guarantee they will still have a job and I've got enough money to pay them. And I wouldn't put anyone in that position. I wouldn't want to. They've already been through enough. Tom, the second brewer who I had, he was fantastic. He's completely given up on the brewing. He's moved back to his parents. He's looking for an alternate alternate career because he's just given up. He's only young. I think he's 22, 23. And he's a very talented brewer. He was at Three Hills before he came to us. You know, he knew what he was doing and he's just given up on it. Matt, who was our apprentice brewer, he's struggling to find work because there's nothing about. And Darren, the Dre man, he has gone to work in a care home. That's hard, isn't it, when you hear that? How talented Mm. people have been lost from the industry. Yeah, it is. I mean... um, don't get me wrong, in six months if I'm flying and I can guarantee I'd love to get them back. Whether Tom would want to come back, I don't know. Matt I'd love to have back. Darren I would, but it, who knows in six months what's going to be happening. You've taken this on. You've taken the name, the brand and, and Twisted Wheel at the moment, therefore survives. What's the background or is this just sort of now, all of a sudden this is a heck of a lot to get your head around in a very short time? 2009, I was very young at the time, very naive, very cocky and we again entered into a recession so ended up going bankrupt and that's actually when I found brewing I moved down south to Hogsback bankrupt had nothing started at Hogsback as basically an UG on 15 grand a year which 15 grand a year living in Surrey is (laughs) even then you know you'd have been better off on benefits to be honest but I worked my way up there and by the time I left I was on very good money and then yeah went from there. I think all of this says a lot about your character and we asked listeners to send in questions for you and There's a question here that fits in quite well with your character from Dan, Dan Lawson. He says, after everything that's happened and with everything going on, how did you find the motivation to resurrect the brewery when many would have just walked away? (laughs) I'm not happy unless I've got something to fight for. I never have been. It all stems from school. My head of year once turned around and said to me that I was a waste of space and I'd never amount to anything. And as bad as that comment is, That's kind of driven me ever since she'd said it. Every time I feel down or I feel like I want to give up, it's just like, no, you're not going to be right. It's just ingrained in me, I think. it's That's who you are, isn't it? You'll keep on doing that. So this is almost third time lucky then. So where do you start? How do you pick all this up and what will be your first move? You've got a 700-litre brew kit now, haven't you? It's shared, yeah. Yeah, so so that you're in with... With Ben's, who's who looked like very nice hosts. I read the sort of post. They could see why traditional and, and craft can work together, and you, that looks hopefully like a nice match for a bit. Well, Ben Ben's had a lot of grief. I consulted for him when he first opened um, and helped him out with the recipes and this, that, and the other. But Ben's very patriotic. You can tell that by the logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Union Jack in the logo, and people take that as racist. 
he's made a few comments on Facebook that have been joking, that have been taken the wrong way, and he's had a lot of grief for it, a lot of grief. So when I put the statement out that I was keeping the brewery going and sharing a space in Charlie, we were constantly getting messages, where you're brewing, where you're brewing, we want to know. So Ben, yeah, decided to put that post out and just said, yeah, he's brewing here. We're sharing expenses, the two separate companies, but we're working together type thing. So we bought some FVs from the liquidators. The last five brews I've done, I've actually done with Ben's kit and sent that beer out. And I have to say, trying it myself, I think it's better than what it was back at point. It's only been cast so far because Ben's kit, it does have a uni tank that we can keg from, but it was more to get some stock out there. Um, So there is actually two beers in FV at the moment that is going to be kegged. And then hopefully the back end of next week, we're going to start bottling. You've actually answered another question there with what you were saying because Phil, Phil D said are you still at the same site in Warrington? So no is the answer to that and he also says can you tell us when you're going to be selling again? When can people get hold of your beers? Um, I'm guessing by that I mean small pack. I think so yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like I say yeah we're going to start bottling. I could have got a canning machine, I could have rented one but given the climate I don't want to put myself in any debt so Ben has a pre-evacuation bottle filler that he found at an auction. So that's getting serviced and commissioned next week. So for the time being, I will start bottling. So I found some really nice 330ml bottles that I can fill on site because I don't want to send it out to be canned. Um, I've had issues with that before, although there is some good companies. I still am. You're entrusting your product to somebody else. Yeah. um, So I think bottling on site, I'll start it and just see how it goes, see if people take it. It'll obviously be the exact same beer it was before. It'll just be in a bottle instead of a can. Have you got all VIP for the recipes and everything? We bought the rights, but they were never handed over. Luckily enough, because I was head brewer, I had Mm. it them all anyway because i actually have a spreadsheet that i developed the recipes on and then they all got transferred onto the brewery software we had at the brewery so because i actually developed the recipes in the spreadsheets i've still got all those spreadsheets um so it that bit wasn't a big issue got another question for you andrew humphrey says if you could pick any non-twisted wheel beer and say i want to make that which beer would it be oh god that's 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 putting you on the spot isn't it (laughs) <laughs> I suppose another way of saying that is what beer do you really like that you'd like to have a go at making? Well, I've made no secret but in previous podcasts and stuff. My favourite beer is Landlord. I could probably take a stab at making that, if I'm <laughs> being honest. I'd have to say the one I would like to is probably Jaipur. I guess some beers are so well-established and well-known that you just would never go there, though, would you? Well, yeah. I'd only do it from a personal curiosity point of view. Because, I mean, it's like when I were at Vocation, Life and Death was based on Heady Topper. It wasn't obviously a copy, but it was a very similar sort of beer. But, yeah, I think Jaipur is one that I've always loved it, especially in cask. I just think it lends itself to cask so beautifully. While we're talking listeners' questions, one here from Cal O'Callaghan, who says... Will that move away from Warrington be permanent or will you be enticed back there? 
Who knows what the future holds? My partner lives in St. Helens, so it was a lot easier when I was working in Warrington, I'm not going to lie, because now we're in Chorley, it's a good 45-minute drive. But like I say, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know whether the situation at Ben's will continue past the initial agreement we've got is for a year. They might outgrow it. We might outgrow it. Neither of us might even see the end of the year with everything that's going on. We just, I don't know. Bearing in mind the climate, what are you going to do differently to what Twisted Wheel was doing before to make it work? And that's one from Ethan Hitchcow, he asked that. That is a big question, isn't it? In an ideal world, what would you do to make it work? Twisted Wheel went through a lot, obviously, with COVID, having to move premises because the premises we were at originally got sold off, so we couldn't stay there. And then when trading actually started again, it went straight into the cost of living crisis. We'd grown quite rapidly because beers were in demand, and I just don't think they were set up to continue at the size they were. So the whole reason I've gone to Ben's is because, A, it's a hell of a lot smaller brew kit. All I have to do to break even is brew and sell two brews. So anything on top of that is effectively profit. My overheads are very, very low. I've had investment, but I haven't borrowed money to be where I am. And the investors know the state of the industry and know it might take them five years to get paid back. And they also are very aware that they might not get paid back at all. They have put their faith in me to do everything I can to make it work. And I will die trying. Get these breweries who come along. It's a big fanfare and they do really well. They're really hyped up. And all of a sudden they go quiet. Do you think Twisted Wheel suffered a bit from that? Too they, big, too quick. Yeah, that's the, that's the question. Did they get too big too quickly? And also, does a brewery sort of get swept along in it all and start doing things they don't really want to be doing just to keep up? I wouldn't say so. Twisted Wheel was very different to that because I genuinely didn't know until it was put out on Facebook that it was shutting just how popular we were. I mean, yes, I know how much we were brewing, how much we were selling. But when you're constantly in the grind and you're going in, mm. the in the morning, you're brewing, you go home. I haven't looked at Untapped since the vocation days because I hate it. I stay well away from the beer forums on Facebook and stuff now because I hate them as well, other than the professional forums that are on there. So I didn't really understand just how popular it had become. And that was never relayed down either. Although I knew what we were selling and we were selling quite a lot, I didn't realise just how much love for the brand there was out there. In terms of the growth, I believed at the time it was sustainable growth. And it's confusing because I know how much we were brewing. We were selling it, so I don't know. It's quite bleak, but I've got a question that hopefully sort of brings up a bit. We you know, it is what it is, but um, it has been very tough and it is great that Twisted Wheel has been saved. What Twisted Barrel beers can people expect in this, hopefully the next few months? Basically, a lot of what we were doing previously, the cast beers always sold really well. And I do believe the sort of beer we brewed lent itself to cask. Because cask is served slightly warmer and it's got more of a gentle condition behind it, you tend to get a lot more fruitiness out of it. And when the cask is kept well, it's a really sessionable drink. 
we have done so many comparisons. So, like, say, speed wobble, I'll brew a batch and take some off for keg, some off for can, and the rest goes into cast. It's the exact same beer. We haven't brewed it separately. It hasn't had slight tweaks. It's the exact same beer that goes into can, that goes into cask. And I do prefer cask. I always have. You know, the kegs sold really well as well. Cask will be the core range, so... It was Sunday Sessions, Moral Panic, Speed Wobble. I will throw some specials in there as and when I get chance. And then Keg, I'll probably do maybe Moral and Speed in Keg. And then Keg releases will be a bit more special. So higher strengths, Neepers, Deepers, Stouts. I want to do Sours again, but I don't know if that's going to be financially viable because the fruit we used... The minimum orders, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it because of the size of kit, but I'm trying to work out a way where I can either share with another brewery getting an order in so that we can have half each or whether it'll last long enough to do me two brews. There must be a lot of stuff you've got to get your head round very quickly that you never... Did you ever sleep or is your mind just running for 24 hours? Obviously, there was getting laid off, not having a mm. job, the panic that entails with that. Stupid things like, I had a company car, I ain't got a car now, I'm going to have to sort that out. <laughs> so I kind of got over that, put it on pause for Christmas, and then between Christmas and New Year was when we signed with the insolvency practitioners and paid the money for the IP and what have you. Mm-hmm. Then New Year came... And everything was just taking so long to actually go through. The previous management were basically told we'd paid on the Friday before New Year. It took them two and a half weeks to actually send all the various things over we needed. So it's like one week I got Facebook and Instagram, and then it took another week and a half before I got the website and the emails and stuff. And that's why it was all people finding out it was an accident because the guy who does the branding, Gavin Appleby, I've known Gavin for years, and I basically rang him and said, right, I want a new logo for when we relaunch because they just rebranded and I hated it. I thought it was horrible. So I went to Gavin and I'm like, what other ideas did you have? Can I see them? And he sent me the ideas and there was one that stood out to me and that's the one I chose. So anyway, when I got Facebook... I went to test the logo to see how it would look in the little part thing on Facebook, and it updated it. (laughs) Within 10 seconds, someone had commented saying, what's going on here? And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to launch it when I had the website and everything Mm. like that and launch it professionally, and it was just like, what's going on here? Are you back? What's going on? And it's like, oh, for God's sake. (laughs) <laughs> i rang my uh partner and i was like oh this has happened and she's like well you're gonna have to say something so i thought right i tell you what i'll just tease everyone and i'll say right announcement at five o'clock as soon as i put that my phone lit up and it was <laughs> like people is this anything to do with you is this anything to do with you and then there were all sorts of people because there's so many conspiracy theories it's like the previous management opened a company on company's house called moral panic limited And they did that on the 16th of October, I believe it was. So I think everyone thought that it was just reincarnated from the previous owners. And I think a lot of people still think that 
that haven't heard any of my interviews or seen anything and i will clarify that now they are absolutely nothing to do with it it's me doing everything i'm writing the invoices i'm brewing i'm delivering i'm you're in control that's the big thing isn't it whatever happens now is all down to you yeah that's exactly it Your survival, you've got to have cash flow for your survival. So your beers, I'm, I'm going to imagine they're not going to get very far for now. They're going to stay locally. You're going to get them out to as many places as you can and, and build yourself up that way. Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, the first five brews, I actually did a cast out, which I deliberately did because I knew it wouldn't sell very quickly. That was purely so that I had something to offer because I knew I was going to run out, which I did. I made the mistake last November of booking a holiday to Cornwall. I went last week because it was bought and paid for and uh, my partner would have absolutely killed me. (laughs) And it just came at the complete wrong time. It was like, right, I've just taken over a business. I've just put three brews out. The beer's all pretty much sold and I need to brew again to keep me going the week after. And it's just, yeah, it's all been a bit up there. How are people sort of out of the area going to get hold of your your beers? Because when you start shipping stuff out, it's, it's the cost thing again, isn't it? It's difficult. Yeah, um, the cost thing, that's going to be the hard thing. So hopefully if I can get enough range, I'll go back onto Bruiser. I will approach Ebria, see if they will do it. If I open the web shop again, it, postage is going to cost too much. It's a nightmare trying to get your beers further afield. Yeah, it, I think it's about £15 now. I can't absorb that, and I would never expect a customer who's ordering like 12 bottles to absorb a £15 delivery fee. Mm. But unfortunately, that's what we're having to deal with at the moment. So like I said, using platforms like Bruiser and Ebria, I think will be the way forward. I've still got to figure that out, and I will figure it out because I do want to get bottles out, etc. The demand is there. The reason I mentioned Speed Wobble is that I made it down to Ipswich in one of um, the craft places we have. And Dave was there, had it on um, my stag do, right. and it it flew. Like, we pretty much did a good job of drinking that place out of Speed Wobble. They ran out of it yeah. that night, I remember, yeah. So the demand is there all over the country, so um, hopefully you can get it out. When I was at vocation, we went down to Ipswich... And we were stopping at a premier in and there was Jack Walker with me who's now at Asvex. Yep. And we'd gone down together and like I say, we'd booked into this premier in and we rang a taxi and we said to the guy, It's like, is there a decent craft beer place? And it was like a Tuesday night or something. The taxi would drive like, Yeah, there's one. <laughs> yeah, it's about right. <laughs> there is one. It, it were a few years ago now, but yeah. And no, it's it, still one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he dropped us off and showed us where to go. And we walked in and obviously I had my um, vocation hoodie on and Jack had his Atom, he was at Atom then, had his Atom hoodie on. And we walked in and the guy behind the bar, I can't even remember his name, it were like two celebrities had walked in. Oh God, we were hammered that night. (laughs) I had the best Scotch egg I've ever had in my life, that was amazing. (laughs) And... He went down to the cellar and brought up an Adnams, I can't even say it right, Adnams cherry stout in bottles that were like 10 years old or something. And he's like, oh, special occasion, we've got to open this. It's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not being funny. I'm not going to appreciate it now. (laughs) But he cracked it open and we had it. And yeah, it it was a really good night. 
it wasn't a very good brew day the day after. <laughs> um, very so weird, it's weird how the best beers often get open at the end of the night, isn't it? Beers who are saving for yeah. something special. <laughs> so anyway, you must be hugely excited about the challenge lying ahead. A lot of it's the freedom, you know, down to like the beer names, the my names, I can call them what I like. And yeah, yeah, it's more the freedom and the I can express myself as me in what I produce, which I, yeah, I'm looking forward to. It's like the brewery before was based on Northern Soul and it's like I had no interest in that and I was trying my best and it, it trying to get a bit more pop culture. So it's like when we brought Boulevard of Broken Dreams out, Bridge Over Troubled Water, to, oh, him for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's how I will be going forward. It will be more pop culture. Just anything that touches me as a person, that I think, yeah, that could be a B&M. That will be a B&M. You've just touched on another listener question there who he says, what was <laughs> what was Twisted Wheel actually named after? Was it the Paul Weller song, the Manchester band or the Manchester club or something else? And that was from Melty Trip on Instagram. It was a combination of things. It was the previous owner was obsessed with, not obsessed with Northern Soul, but had a keen interest in it. And obviously Twisted Wheel, the nightclub, was the founder effectively of Northern Soul. But the other thing was where the brewery was actually located was on a farm. And the road down to it was horrific. It was full of potholes. <laughs> and it was just very apt for where mm-hmm. the brewery was at the time. So it was a combination of both of them, really. Just made me think, actually, talking about the name. Were you at any point tempted to say, I've had enough of Twisted Wheel? I don't want to have anything to do with them. To be honest, that's what we were going to do. So we were going to do basically the exact same thing. We were still going to buy the FVs and the cooler and stuff out of the liquidators set up. Well, the company I set up in company's house was the original name for what it was going to be. Ah, And there is obviously pros and cons to doing Mm -hmm. that. And given the current climate, I think it was a... For the last two and a half years, no matter what has gone on, I worked really hard. Mm. I suppose it's tough because for as much as, like you say, you can, what you're going to do with the beer names, they're going to be you. Launching a whole new brand right now, that's potentially great, but also potentially tricky. Not everyone listens to podcasts. Not everyone keeps their finger on the pulse of craft beer as much as we'd love them to. People might see a Twisted Wheel beer and be like, I like Twisted Wheel, like, I'm going to have that beer. Not knowing what's going on behind the scenes, you have that sort of market you can still tap into. So it sort of makes sense to keep the brand in a way. Yeah, it does. I mean, a lot of people don't even know it shut down. I had an email today from a pub in Manchester that went to the previous owner's email address, because obviously they're all forwarded to me now. It said, hi, Mark, just wondering what you've got coming out in February and it's like, okay. <laughs> I think it proves what a tiny industry this is, but we all see it as being much bigger because we're in a bit of a bubble. We usually ask people where they want to be in five years' time. Where do you want to be in five years' time with Twisted Wheel? Oh, I thought you meant generally. I'm going to stay on the beach in Spain. <laughs> well, all generally. Generally is fine. I'll, I'll take, I'll because Twisted it. Wheel has been such a success that you've been able to sell it on and now you're on a beach in Spain. You know, do you have these massive plans and ambitions or do you just want a nice quiet life with a little brewery, make enough money, tick along nicely? 
like I said earlier, you never know what the future holds. Vocation was testament to that. You know, there was a plan for that. It changed. Currently, I want to make enough money to live. (laughs) And I want to carry on doing what I love. That is, at the moment, my only motivation, to carry on doing what I love, make enough money so that I can actually pay my bills. Everything after that is a bonus. The support we've had from everybody has been so incredible. It's been so humbling hearing. It's like you ring a landlord and, oh, we're really, really pleased you're back. It's such good news. And it's like, Jesus Christ, I didn't realise that it had touched that many people. Restarting it was obviously a selfish thing on my behalf because, yes, I wanted to carry on doing what I love. But at the same time, part of me feels a bit of almost like I owe everyone that supported us to carry it on. That's how I feel. Wow. If anybody deserves success yeah, with a brewery, I think we've, we've found that person. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I do. It's uh, not going to be easy. <laughs> no. Well, look, we wish you so much success and thanks so much for coming on and also talking so openly about it as well. I imagine that, you know, you don't really want to be reminded of what went wrong. You just want to look to the future now. You've got to look at what went wrong to make sure it doesn't happen again. I've thought that my whole life. You look at when I went bankrupt with the two businesses before, I knew exactly how I was. Um, I look back on myself and think, yeah, you were far too arrogant, you were far too cocky, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, so I won't make that mistake again. I'm not saying I won't make mistakes again, because I will, but I won't make the same mistakes that I did. I'll make fresh ones and learn from that and probably still be trying to do it when I'm 70. But <laughs> That's brilliant. Get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at DaftAboutCraft1.